Hello, everybody. Dr. Rick Wallace here dropping in on you. I hope that uh, everybody's doing good, uh, regardless to how you view uh, this particular day, the new year. Uh, some of you are going to see it as traditionally uh, it's seen. Some will see it in some other way. Some will uh, marginalize its significance. And uh, I'm not here to tell you how to do that. That's not why I'm here. I'm here for those who see this as the beginning, the beginning of a new year, the beginning of a new decade, the beginning of some new possibilities for change. What I can tell you is what I have uh, set and intended in my heart, in my uh, direct covenant with God. I have established this as being the year of elevation and restoration for my family. Family is the most important thing to me at this stage in my life and from here on out. And that starts with my wife and it works its way on out from my kids and then outward. Uh, and it, it, this is about elevation and restoration. In other words, for me and my family, this is the year of graduation. This is the year that we take things to the next level, starting in the house, but moving out to my grown kids and moving out to other family members who are willing to step up and take the action, invest the time and the energy and the intent to do something different, to do something better, to be better. And so that's what it is for me. I encourage you to have an intent. I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions. Normally those come from a place of guilt or a place of desperation or a place. I'm talking about an intent something that you can commit to even when you can't see it, something you can commit to no matter what's going on, something that you can commit to in the ups and the downs and the ends of that, something you won't fall away from when it gets uh, monotonous, when it gets uncomfortable, when it, it, it becomes frustrating. I'm talking about something that you know that on the other side of everything that you're going to have to go through, that it's worth it, that it's worth everything you're going to go through. I'm talking about committing to something. That's my commitment. That's my covenant with God. That is the commitment that I've made to my wife and my families from in here. Um, it's something that we will be discussing as we move forward throughout the day and throughout the week. But I made a covenant with God that this would be a year of elevation and restoration. We're going to heal some relationships that have been broken in 2020. We're going to move to the next level financially, in business, in, 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 in positioning. We're going to take ownership of our, our responsibilities. We're going to touch lives in ways that we've never touched lives in 2020. That is what I am declaring and speaking for the family that I stand in charge and responsibility to cover, to protect, to provide, and to lead. That's what I'm establishing. So I don't think it's going to be easy. In fact, I know it's going to be challenging, but I'm built for it. So I'm going to stand up and I'm going to face it down and I'm going to attack it. But I'm going to tell you why I'm here today. I'm here today because I know that there are going to be some moments that are going to be challenging. I know there are going to be some moments that are going to be difficult. I know there are going to be some moments where people are going to be looking and talking about me. I know there's going to be some moments where I'm going to be asking myself what the hell I got myself into. What was I thinking? It's just, it's a part of the journey. But what I want to talk to you about is the importance of understanding a certain component within the process of elevation of restoration, of healing, of empowerment, of growth. Let me explain something to you. You're moving, you're headed towards an ultimate destination. The ultimate destination will ultimately define your life. It's not about where you started. 
It's not what if it, 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 you may have had a, a a traumatic childhood, but that that's not what's going to define you. What's going to define you is how did you respond to it? Who did you connect to? How did you grow out of it? How did you use it to lift you? To, to empower you, to encourage you. That, that, that's what's going to determine. See, some, some went through some things as children, but I, I, I've seen some of the most powerful and inspirational people that, that, that had unbelievably horrible childhoods stand up and change the world. One of them I married, so I know that it's possible. But let me tell you what happens. People get caught up in moments. I posted this earlier and I decided, hey, this is what I'm going to talk to him about this morning. I posted something earlier and it basically said that if you're not happy or you're not satisfied with your current situation, uh, don't 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 get don't become too bothered by it. Don't worry, because you won't be that long. It's only one step in a journey towards your destination. Destination. The problem with most people is that they get so invested and so focused and so concerned that they spend so much of their energy on the moment that it literally robs them and then they, it gives power to the moment. What you focus on, you feel. Please understand me. The, what you focus on, you will feel. Whatever you're giving your attention to, you're giving power to. So you need to be aware of a negative circumstance, but you need to be focused on the answer. And the beautiful thing about it is, well, 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 that sounds good. You know, that sounds good, Rick. That sounds good, Doc. But, but look, man, that, sometimes it's. I understand that. I, I'm not impervious to the challenges of life. I, I, I've been through them. I, I go through them. I face them down still today. But let me tell you what. When I get become a little overwhelmed, when it's looking bigger than me, I have to remind myself of who I am. See, I'm a design of God. I am a creation of God. I don't care what faith you're claiming. I'm not trying to push my faith beliefs on you. I'm trying to tell you that if you don't have a connection to the most high, higher power, you got a problem. So you got to have an understanding of who you are and you got to understand where you come from. See, this origin thing is important. So when we talk about the origin thing, what are we talking? We're talking about, okay, I, I am not here by happenstance. I am not some coincidence. How I've evolved to be where I'm at today is not important, but the importance is that there was an intent in the creation. And I need to understand that there's an intent in the creation because there lies the always settling truth that guides me. See, I know that I was created for a purpose. I know that I was created by divinity. I know that this divinity is perfect and therefore this divinity would not create me for mediocrity, create me to be average, create me to fold under pressure, create me to sit up and not be able to push through the most challenging times. And so I know that I have purpose in this purpose. I have power. And also I am connected to the mind of God. And no matter how challenging my problem is, no matter how challenging my problem is, it's no challenge or threat to the mind of God. And if God, the mind of God has the answer, I have the answer because I'm in relationship with God. I'm in connection and communion with God. I am one with God. And so if God has the answer, I just need to settle down to begin on the right frequency. Because what you got to say, God is operating on the highest frequency possible. There's no fear, there's no anger, there's no jealousy, there's no darkness. Um, and so what you have to understand is in this thing, 
there is this high frequency. And see, if I'm down here worried about something, I'm not on the frequency where I can get the answer. I'm not on the frequency where I can hear. And I'm not talking about with my physical ears. I'm talking about with my spiritual ability to commune and hear and feel and, and listen and touch and talk with God. That, that requires that I be on a higher frequency. So I have to have faith and confidence. So how do I do that? I remind myself, hold on a second. And I, I tell myself this literally every day as I commune and I meditate, I pray, uh, I establish, I set my intent for the day. I set my state of mind and state of being for the day. And as I end uh, this process, the last the last couple of lines is, no matter what obstacle or undesirable circumstance crosses my path, I refuse to accept it, for it is nothing but an illusion. There can be no obstacle or undesirable circumstance to the mind of God, which is in me, around me, and serves me now. And then, I'm wait a minute. I may not have the answer, but it's on its way. If you don't believe me and you're a Christian, ask Daniel. Took him 21 days and a spiritual warfare in the fourth uh, uh, in the fourth dimension, but he got the answer. See, you got to understand that if you are in alignment with God and you understand your purpose and you're walking in your purpose and you're moving forward, it's going to be some delays. There are going to be some dark moments. There are going to be some disappointments. There are going to be some frustrations, but the answer is on its way. That, 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 that's clockwork. It's on its way. Now, it doesn't come when you think it should come. It comes when it's time. When the time comes, the answer will be there. That's the promise. The promise. But this is what happens. We focus. We focus on the problem. What you focus on, you feel. So when you focus on something, you give it power. You're supposed to be focusing on the solution not the problem. You need to be aware of the problem, but you need to be focusing on the solution. You need to be focusing and trusting. Why? Because when you focus on the solution, the, it changes the frequency. When you start to focus on the problem, the problem will create stress, worry, anxiety, fear. Lower your frequency, put you further away from God, because what does God respond to? Work with me now. What does God, God responds to faith, and there's no fear in faith. There's no anxiety in faith. There's no frustration in faith. There's no jealousy or envy in faith. There's no looking at someone else and getting upset because it seems that they're winning and you're not in faith. Faith says that if I just keep pushing and, 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 and trusting what I cannot see to be real, I will achieve it. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the evidence of things that I cannot see. So if I cannot see it, it does not mean it's there. It will be determined by what I expect. God responds to your faith and will only meet you at the expectations that you have for your life. God always meets you at your expectations. Nowhere higher or lower. Whatever you expect is what you get. That's what happened when uh, uh, in, in the Old Testament when the children of Israel are at the Jordan. And it's time to cross over. And they bet they they all talking about how they can't do it and how they can't beat the giants and all the things that are up against them. You know, it looks good, but we can't. And then God says to Moses, tell them, tell you, just go tell them. I hear their complaints. And as they have spoken in my hearing, their expectations, so shall I do to them. You hear what I'm saying? Watch what you're speaking about your life. Watch what you're thinking about your life. Watch the complaints you make about your life. Start to see yourself as a person in motion. So where you're at right now, don't give it too much attention. Don't give it too much energy. Why? Because it's just a step in the journey. You got to learn how 
to be able to say, I'm not going to put so much energy into something that I'm not going to spend that much time in. I'm going to trust that there's an evolution coming. I'm going to trust that there's a change coming. I'm going to trust that there is an elevation coming, that I am going to rise up out of this moment. And the more you trust it, the more you move toward it, the more powerful you become in it. And it becomes smaller and smaller until it actually releases you and you move forward in whatever it is you're moving. So you're moving towards your, you're on a journey from the moment you're born. You're on a journey to your destiny. Now, you have a God-given purpose in destiny, and a lot of times we redirect ourselves. And what I love about the beauty about this life is no no matter how many bad decisions I've made, no matter how many wrong turns I've made, I never disqualified myself from my destiny. So whenever I come to my senses and whenever I come to a point where I'm seeing what needs to be done, I can realign myself with my destiny, and it's still waiting on me. See, God didn't send me here because I was qualified before I was ever born. He qualified me. Now, however you want to see God in you, that's your business. But I'm telling you, you got to understand that this thing is bigger than you. You're here for a purpose. You're here to leave an imprint. You're here to let the world know that there's something better than what they've been experiencing. And the only way you can do that is to live it. You you can't evangelize anybody into something you believe in unless you're living what you're going to tell them they can have. So you can't be a constant victim of suffering and tell somebody something greater in what it is you believe in. You've got to be able to say, look, I started here. I started with this. I started with a single parent household. I started with an abusive parent. I started with parents who were addicted to drugs. I started with an alcoholic mother. I started with uh, 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 being sexually abused. I started with getting whoopings there and there every day. I started in absolute utter poverty. But look at where I've come from and look at where I stand and I can tell you how I got there if you want me to. That's how you evangelize. Let the life that you live speak for you. But if you're going to do that, you can't fold under pressure. Do you understand me? You can't fold under pressure. You can't sit up and let what's happening in the moment cause you to retreat in your journey. See, but I'm going to tell you what some of you, some of you uh, get caught up. Far too many of you are watching your neighbor. Far too many of you are watching the person up the street. Far too many of you are watching the person on the next pew at church. Far too many of you are looking at the person in the next cubicle cubicle at the office. You don't judge your journey by somebody else's journey. Your journey is unique and designed for you. You focus on who you are. See, stop looking on where your person next to you is is, because you don't know where they came from and you don't know how long you took them to get there. What you need to be focused on is understanding and asking yourself, Am I am am I where I started? And you're going to find out that you're not. If you're putting one foot in front of the other, if you're standing up and you're moving and you're striving for something, you're going to find out that you're not the person you were last year. Now, it may not, you might be, if, if, if you really truly have some intent for yourself, you're not going to be the person that you want to be, the person you were designed to be. That's not going to be what you are right now, but you're going to be grateful that you're not the person you used to be. That's something my grandfather used to say all the time. He would say, uh, when, I, when, I, when I look at myself, son, he said, I'm not the man that I'm supposed to be. I'm not the man that I desire to be, but I thank God I'm not the man I used to be. 
And I used to hear him say that all the time. And I said, okay. But then I became a man. And I started to understand that there was some power in that. See, because I can be thankful that I'm not who I used to be, I don't become depressed because I'm not what I'm supposed to be. I see the progress. I see where I came from. I see where a lot of people thought I wouldn't live past 18. I see where a lot of people thought I could never be successful in the things I became successful in. I saw where a lot of people were literally praying for my demise. I saw where a lot of people couldn't stand who I was because I refused to accept their identity and definition of who I was. I refused to answer to the minimal-minded and random opinions of minimal-minded people. So I decided that I was going to live by grace and then understand my my, my purpose and I was going to walk in it, live in it. I was going to touch lives. I was going to change things. I was going to be something that people thought I couldn't be. And I wasn't going to consult them on it. I was going to walk in it and live it. And because I'm able to look back and see how far I've come, I don't get frustrated and disgusted and, 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 and fall down and complain and whine and point fingers and get mad because somebody's ahead of me. People ahead of me motivate me because they were coming from somewhere. Do you get what I'm telling you? The people that are in front of you are coming from somewhere. They didn't start there. They got there. And if they're there, you can get there too. Do you understand me? You got to stop putting so much energy into this one moment. And let me tell you what happens. When you practice putting energy in one moment, it'll get you when it gets good. I'm going to tell you how. I got this analogy from someone else. It's not mine, but it's the best analogy I can think of. And it's actually how I think now, so I really get it. You know, here's what happens. If you train yourself to be caught up in the moment to the point that you don't look beyond it and see the destiny, here's what happens. You get trained mentally and emotionally and psychologically to invest in the moment. What happens when you do that? You get children and grandchildren who are two and three years old that you're spending $100 on a pair of shoes, $100 on a pair of jeans, $100 on a shirt or a jacket that they're going to outgrow in literally weeks that won't even fit them. And you done spent that when that could have went towards investing in their education, investing in their financial well-being in the future. It could have set them up, but you put a hundred and something dollars into something that's that 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 would have uh that's only gonna last them a few months and that you could have spent twenty dollars in and got the same quality, but you were going for the because you're investing in the moment. You're trying to spend to try to justify or or or, or gratify yourself. So you and you're training them to do it. And we do it as adults for us. We invest in things that aren't going to hold it, its value for the momentary feel good. Why? Because we've trained ourselves in bad moments to invest all of our energy, time, and focus on the moment. So when we get good moments, when money's coming in, when the relationship is good, we put everything in that moment without ever thinking about there's another day, there's another step, there's another turn in the journey, there's another fork in the road, there's more to get done. How can I manage this correctly? How can I see the entire journey while I'm managing the moment? That's what's so important. You got to train yourself in difficult moments so that when it gets easy, you're not behaving in ways that are not consistent with you.
Look, fam, there's absolutely nothing you can't do. It's been proven over and over again. Everything that has been considered to be impossible has ultimately been proven possible. Uh, can you imagine what people were saying and thinking with Orville and Wilbur uh, Wright decided they were going to create a machine that could fly and that they could literally be in and that one, you know, the idea that one day it would carry people places and, you know, and I mean, literally that, that, that the idea of flying and what people thought of them. I can tell you, cause I've read the story of, of Roger Bannister. Can you imagine being the man who has decided you're going to be the first person to break the four minute barrier in the mile and the historical belief of that is that it can't be done and that if some kind of way you actually did run the mile in under four minutes, you wouldn't be able to celebrate it because you would literally die because your heart would explode. Can you imagine being the person that was going to have the courage to stand up against all of that opposition and that belief of impossibility and the threat of death and say, I'll be the first person. And then after he did it within the first two years, another some 200 some people. And in the next 20 years, another 20,000. 2000, something like that. But now high school kids run, there are high school kids who can run the mile in under four minutes. Matter of fact, if you can't run the mile in under four minutes, you're not really considered a mile. That, that, but, 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 but it was impossible up until 1954. But, 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 but he said it. He said that he decided that he was going to do it. And in the deciding that he was going to do it, he saw himself doing it more than a thousand times. And how many times have I told you that the mind cannot tell the difference between what is imagined and what is real? His mind and his brain had calculated. It had done it already a thousand times when he stepped on that track to break that record. It was already in his mind that it had been done. So it was just repeating what it had done. I'm telling you that's so much power in your thought, so much power in your faith, so much power in your beliefs, and you are starting to pad your beliefs with negative thoughts. See, faith is not uh, good or bad. Faith is not high or low. Faith is neutral. Faith is what you believe in the most. Some people have faith that they're going to fail. Some people have faith that they're going to lose. Some people have faith that their marriages are going to blow up. Some people have faith that their businesses will never take off. What are you having faith in is what is the question at the end of the day. What is your faith embedded in? What is your, what is your faith entrenched in? What is your faith set up to deliver to you? Because it's going to be reflected in your speech. It's going to be reflected in your behavior. It's going to be reflected in your imprint and impact on the spiritual world and everything that descends down from it. You have to be careful what you're believing about your life. And see, it gets easy when everything is going the way it's supposed to go. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when there's that moment. Don't invest in that moment. Speak against it. Declare, establish, and commit. I'm telling you things change when you declare, establish, and commit to winning. That's, I said, that's, what I said, that's as I said when I began this. My commitment to God, and this wasn't a last night prayer thing. This is something I started committing to God in October. 
And then right after I made that commitment, I'm going to tell you how spiritual things work and the spiritual imbalances and warfares that take place. Uh, again, this isn't religious. This is real. And uh, October, I make this commitment. Things are looking good. I mean, things are taking off in so many different ways. You know, there's a lot of smiles going on around the house. Things are really picking up, having one of the great, you know, having an escalated year. And that's been the thing for me in every situation. I've escalated every year. And that's, that, that's, and I mean, this was a nice big jump. So I'm looking at it, I'm saying, okay. And then all hell breaks loose. I lose one of my revenue generating streams on YouTube. Uh, I end up in the hospital with a life threatening situation. Um, I start to battle what I normally have to battle in November, and that's the anniversary of my, fa my, my father, who is my biological great-grandfather, but my adopted father, my father, uh, who passed away on Thanksgiving of 1992, something that you know, I've learned to live with, I've learned to uh, appreciate, but I still miss. And so I have these moments, and, and so I have to really work on myself to get myself up for the holidays. And, you know, normally it's not a problem. If everything's going good, normally it's not a problem because it's just one thing I have to battle. But I've got all this other stuff going on. So it's one thing after another, then another thing and another thing. And then here I am. And so by the time I get here, it's like, you know, so what are you going to do? I'm committed. Don't you get it? I'm committed. I'm committed. I made a commitment to God and that was no contingency uh, in place. I made a commitment to God and there were no conditions in the commitment. It wasn't, I'm going to do this if. I'm going to do this unless I'm going to No, I'm going to do this. It's no options. I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to die trying. That's the thing. I'm committed to it. And so I walk in expecting everything that I promised God I was going to go do. We're going to work together. We're, we're in unison. We're in communion with one another. We're going to get it done. Oh, I don't expect it to be easy because what I want is too huge. See, if, if it's easy, it ain't worth having. If you ain't fighting for it, pushing for it, I mean, standing on it, believing in it, if it's something that just falls in your lap, it ain't worth what you think it is. I had to wait 20 years for my wife. That's no shot or jab at anybody else. That's just simply saying I knew what I wanted. And it took me that long. And even after you know, everything that I had to go, I had to wait, I had to pray, I had to become. That's the other thing. A lot of things you don't have because you haven't become what it takes to have it yet. Your job is to become. Become a better speaker, if that's what you're going to do. Become a better writer, if that's what you're going to do. Become a better business manager, that's one. Become a better husband. Become a better wife. It's a becoming thing. It's a growing thing. That's the beauty of it. If you don't have it yet, just become it. It, it may take you a couple of years to become it, but become it. Don't sit there whining and complaining and being frustrated because you don't have it. Just become. Don't let this be another year or another decade in your life where you had an opportunity to totally shift paradise, to shift the atmosphere, to shift the environment, and you sit around whining and complaining because things didn't go your way. Don't let this be another year where you let the opportunity to totally change the world around you slip by you because you're so focused on what's going wrong. 
There's not a day that goes by, I don't care what you're going through, what situations you're in, that you can't touch a life. And I'm telling you, there's a power in touching a life. There's a power in reaching out to someone that's in a rougher, a tougher situation than you and blessing them. I'm not just talking about with money. I'm talking about with a heartfelt intent, investment into their spirit. I'm talking about touching their situation. I'm talking about touching their personal perspective of what they're dealing with and giving them something to be hopeful about. I'm talking about when you do it, watch what happens. Trust, have faith, believe. And on that note, I'm going to check out of here. Don't forget, there are some resources in the description box. Uh, if you want to get the books, you can get the books. Um, the, the 20th and the 21st books, the links are in there. Those are also books number one and two uh, in a six book series that I'm working on now in personal development, personal empowerment, personal growth. Uh, also, there's a link that'll show you, uh, get you started on how you can work with me. Uh, follow all else fails, inbox me or email me directly and, and we'll talk and we'll, we'll see what we can do. But whatever you do, don't let this be another year and another decade that you sit up and you fall behind allowing the circumstances and situations of life to dictate to you who you are, where you're going, and what you will become. Take the reins of your personal sovereignty and stand up and make a declaration. Make a commitment to God. Make a commitment to your spouse. Make a commitment to your family that no matter what happens, this is the year that we accomplish, whatever that is, fill in the blank. Don't give yourself an out. There is no plan B. This is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. We're going to stand. We're going to fight. We're going to live. We're going to push through it. We're going to do it as a unit. I'm challenging you to do that. And on that note, I'm going to check out of here. As I always say, I'm going to live my life on full so that whenever it's time for me to leave this place, I die on me. I'm not leaving any potential behind. I'm not reserving any energy. I'm giving every day, every ounce of what I have. You can see it in how I move, how I speak, how I give, but, but, but I'm challenging you to do the same thing. Actualize your potential, optimize your potential, live it to the fullest. Let the world know you're here. That's my challenge to you. you guys. Have an unbelievable day. Enjoy your families. Do whatever you want. But don't leave today without having an intent for the rest of this year and the rest of this decade. On that note, I'm out.